Okay, everyone, welcome back. We are uh, here with HVT on Down the Line. We got a special Red Sox uh, Yankees series recap slash sort of preview for the series that's coming up. Um, so we're going to talk Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, HVT, thank you for coming on with us. Um, what are your immediate thoughts? Sure. If, if I had a, if you had to just give me like one sentence, what was your thoughts based on this series where the Yankees took like one and a half games, I guess, if you want to call it that. Technically took two games uh, out of the three, but really it was like one and a half. So what, what are you thinking? I don't even know, man. That was a weird series. <laughs> it was weird. Was a, I mean, I, it, it was weird too because obviously the first game was canceled, the COVID outbreak. And yeah, then it weird. I was like, my head was like, what's going on with the Yankees? And then you heard it was Judge, obviously. So it was all-star game. So then my head went to what's going to happen in baseball because, like, Judge was with everybody, walked Hank Aaron's widow out to the field. Oh, my. Like, I didn't even think of that part of that. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was just insane. So then I was like, oh, my gosh, is this season going to go away again? And then it ended up being fine. And apparently there's, like, no other positives. It's just the Yankees are diseased because Aaron Judge curses the Yankees, and that's what he does. And, um, I mean, I agree to disagree there, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. It's wild, man. It was a weird series. It feels like there was like a gap between that game one and game two, too. I guess there was because of the rain delay. Yeah, but I feel like there was almost a cancellation between those two games too. Like it felt like a long time between those games where the Red Sox won was it like four to nothing. I think there kind of was because at least from my perspective, I kind of yeah. stopped watching like four or five innings into the first game and then the second game got delayed so it was just like and then you're right after the cancellation thursday i was like how crazy was it like this yankee team continues to like no matter how low i drop my expectations they still disappoint me i was like you know what i don't think we're gonna win this series i just don't see it and then they don't even play the first game and we have you know, four contributors out yeah. due to COVID, including our best players. I no. mean, it's wild too, because you and me, Stanzo, have talked about it because I watch a lot of AAA ball too, because the Red Sox have a lot of prospects I really like and I want to see it. So like on off days, they show Nesson games and on on Nesson, they show the Woo Sox. Uh, and um, one of them was, or two of them were against the Rail Riders. And I was texting you about it and I was talking about how the team is just wildly opposite of what the major league club is. Like, it's lefty hitters, it's switch hitters, it's speed, it's guys who battle counts every at-bat. Like, it is – what did we call it? I think we called it the anti I said they're the, they're the anti-Yankees, and it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's so true. And I, I think, think – yeah. yeah. Go on. No, I think it gets lost, too. Like, a lot of times you see people talk about the problems with the Yankees, and there are problems roster, roster construction-wise. <laughs> a lot of people harp on the strikeouts, and, yeah, that is it sometimes. I think, honestly, their number one problem a lot is, is that they're so station to station. Like, it's not just oh, that they're yeah. home run dependent. Yeah. It's that none yeah. of these guys can really run. Like, you can make a case Aaron Judge is, like, the best base runner on this team, and the guy's six foot seven. Like, that's absolutely yeah, like, nuts. Like, unless you include, like, a Gardner or a Wade who doesn't ever really get on base. Like, it was so refreshing last night because I was at the game seeing, like, Greg Allen taking extra bases, yeah, seeing, man. like, they hit and yeah. run a little bit. Like, it's just, like – yeah. It was just nice to see. I haven't seen them play that way in years. Yeah, no, it's wild. It's, I mean, I don't know if maybe it reflects a change in theory for the Yankees. I don't know that their AAA team is just built so different. I don't, or maybe it's just that they're stashing those kind of guys in case they need them there. I don't know, but it's wild, man. Like they've been fun to watch. Like every time they give, they've given the Woo Sox absolute hell and just battled and battled counts and all this stuff. And I think you guys saw part of that over the last two games of the series. Yeah. I mean, the last one game of the series, because the first one wasn't a game. Speaking of prospects, I mean, he actually hit his first home run tonight, but what were your thoughts on uh, Duran coming in? I've been super high on Duran for a while, but um, I mean, not set. Like, I mean, I was high on him just for his speed when he was a seventh rounder back in the day, but um, I think it was 2018, actually, that we drafted him. And, I mean, he's made all these swing adjustments and everybody's heard about it, the crazy power he's come up with. And, I mean, I didn't know if that would really translate to the big leagues, but obviously it is taking away pitch over the wall like that, like he did today. But the dude I mean, that's all bicep. That's all bicep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
And like, I mean, you, my first thought is going that way with the home run. It's the monster too. Yeah. Like hit that ball half as hard and put it off the monster. If we're at Fenway tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that they put him in the two hole tonight. I mean, I, I saw your kind yeah. of breakdown yeah. of it. And like, I, I like the idea of the line of protection, but I mean, that's, I mean, they must trust him a lot. I mean, that, that the Red Sox lineup is a powerhouse to put him in the two hole is not, you know, is not saying nothing. I mean, that's a, that's a really yeah. big commitment yeah. to him. So, I mean, that, I, I, I didn't even think that they would be bringing him up this year. Um, that's, that's probably more me just not really paying attention to the farm system the way you do, but yeah. like, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to have a prospect that was going to contribute right away yeah. like this. I mean, he's been, yeah. I mean, something's been only a week, but like, he's been good. <laughs> you know, he's been yeah, good. No, the most impressive part about him has been how he's worked at bats. And I mean, they're going to change the way they pitch to him. Everybody happens. You're already seeing a little of it yeah. where they're attacking him with high fastballs and they'll chase him but that's just how every rookie in baseball goes. Like you get that high fastball treatment and they look so good and you have to learn how to lay off them. Like Devers went through that. Everybody, Glaber Torres went through that. Everyone goes through that. Yeah. So he's dealing with a little bit of that right now, but at the same time he's battling at bats and that's been the most impressive part. Not even the hit off Cole on that first pitch or the home run tonight. It's just been how ready and how confident he looks in his ABs has been awesome. No, he does look comfortable up there for yeah. sure. And I think if there's a spot you're going to put him in, I mean, put him in front of your three, four, five of Bogarts, JD, and Devers. I mean, you really can't ask for any better protection than that. I think that's one thing. That's another thing the Red Sox do so well is keeping those three guys in the three, four, five slot. I know I saw tonight it looked like JD and Devers flip flop, but that's one thing I wish the Yankees would do more. I feel like just knowing where you're at in a lineup, knowing who's hitting before you, after you. It's such an underrated aspect. It's just yeah, one yeah. of those things that analytics kind of downplays. And I I like when teams do that, and I wish the Yankees would I mean, do this that is the more. biggest lineup shakeup tonight we've seen all season. Mm-hmm. I think they actually said there's something. Is J, no, J.D.'s in the five spot, I think. Tonight. And I think they said it was the first time he's ever not been two, three, four while he's been with the Red Sox. Which well, and that's and that's the thing that I and Nick I totally agree. It's, it's like a comfort level. Like you find like you find your spot in the, in the yeah. batting order, and it's like you kind of start to think like what that type of hitter is supposed to be like. When you're like, it's kind of changed now that like the two hitter is kind of the best hitter. But like it used to be like if you're the three hitter, like you know I just gotta I just gotta hit the ball in the gaps. I gotta hit for power. I gotta do everything. If you're the two hitter, you know like I gotta work the count. Lead off hitter, you know you just you have a different mindset in each spot in the lineup, and I feel like. Yankees just do the complete opposite of that sometimes, or they just kind of just shuffle it around so much and just being like, let's see if this guy can do this. We'll do this for two games. Yeah. And see if it it works. feels like they're almost too reactionary with it. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, this didn't go well this game. So we're going to do it differently tomorrow. And like, not like, obviously now they're kind of in reactionary modes. They have to be because the mm-hmm. hole they've dug themselves, but like earlier in the season too, where it was like, you can't react to opening week like, oh, this guy isn't our two hitter. We're putting him seven. We're putting him here. We're putting him. Here. <laughs> like you said, it is about confidence. So it's about knowing that, knowing where your pencil's in. I feel like that happened to Clint Frazier too. Like he just, it was yeah. like, it was, he was maybe going to be like kind of like this five, six, seven area. And then like immediately, like you said, after the first week, he was like nine, nine, nine. Like you, you were, you, you was never getting past that. And like he st- yeah. probably started thinking of himself as, all right, I'm probably no better than a nine hitter. You know, like that, yes, that it yes, gets yes, in your head yes, at some point. It really does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's obviously a wild series, too. And it's not even over yet. I was at work and I was like, oh, shit, I just realized it's not over. <laughs> what, what is it? One and a half out of three. I, I, I refuse to say it was two games because I mean, it, actually, I'm I'm no, torn. I'm, taking. I'm torn on my own take. I'm torn on my own take because if seven inning games count, shouldn't like a six inning game count too? Like I I, I but I feel like it it doesn't yeah. like because I hate the seven inning games. But like if we're gonna count them, we should count this one too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Listen. I mean, it, it counts. Obviously, it's just not a baseball game. <laughs> Listen, here's my stance on it because I saw and I was going back especially last night, I was having some fun on Twitter. So it was nice to have fun after an 0-7 start against you guys. So I was going back and forth because I saw it was just it was just an excuse train all across Red Sox Twitter between the the rain, the umps, the porch jobs. And I get some very valid ones. I, sat, I told you, I sat at Yankee Stadium in May 
for a three hour rain delay without one drop of rain. So like I've been there when they've fucked up rain delays. Before. I haven't been that hot about anything sports related in a very, very long time. <laughs> and I get and I get it and it sucks, like but, but I had I had two reasons. I'm not apologizing for Saturday. One being COVID, like we had no judge, no geo. Like I, like we needed, we needed porch jobs from Gary and Glaber and a little bit, a little bit of rain to get to to get to Salamura. Like I, I'll take that. They're not quite split. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's been and guilty two, against you guys too. No, he's good. Your guys' bullpen yeah. is is good, except for uh, Brendan Workman deciding just not to throw strikes last night, which is yeah, our AAA really lineup, which was which that, was like, bold. Just it. Just yeah, throw it over. I mean, at Workman at the same time, I don't care what Workman does. Like, Workman's pretty much like a wild card. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's not, there. He's not he's one there. of your high Like, I don't consider him a key piece of our pen or anything. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. But, yeah. but I mean, there's that. And then obviously, I, I get the, the Vasquez uh, swing strike three, definitely very borderline bailout. But I, I'm sorry. After that Odor strike three call a couple of weeks back at the stadium to send it to yeah, extra innings, we, got three we deserve. We, we, <laughs> I'll take one. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. But yeah, and then there, even last night, it's crazy. Here's where I'm as a Yankee fan. I wasn't comfortable until Lamar hit the home run. Literally, I'm sweating yeah. out the eighth inning with friggin' Zach Britton and Licky walking people. I'm like, I've literally seen them. Yeah. Low five and six. That was my favorite league. part. Like I was like at the end, I was like, all right, I know we're gonna lose this name, this game, and I was like, I'm just enjoying the fact that Yankees fans are even sweating about this right now. Like they're up seven and they're sweating. Bro, it made me panic <laughs> more that you guys pinch it for Bogarts because like if yeah, we yeah. blow a game that they're actively punting, I, oh, I I'll, I'll lose it. That's I'll crazy lose. mindset. That's crazy no, mindset. I don't know. That's a torture <laughs> mindset. Was there and this is this is for both of you? Was there a part in your mind that thought maybe Chapman blows this? Was there because he threw that first? There he threw that first pitch. Not even. Oh, okay, no. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, he, like he's gonna get no, him. no, no. He's gonna walk four guys. We're gonna have to pull him, and then we're gonna be fucked because we're not. No, gonna with the eight out. room lead. No, I thought you meant at any point. No, I I fully thought that was how it was gonna end because going into the bottom of the seventh, four zero door hits the home run. It's still only three nothing, and it's like. We need two innings from you. You knew it was going to be Britain and Chapman, essentially. Britain, yeah. who has barely pitched this year, and Chapman, who has been horrible. So it, but no, luckily we get the the insurance two run home run to bring it up to eight, which I <laughs> then I guess I felt comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I was just at that point. I I knew. I mean, after the pretty much after the Devers check swing, I was like, all right, it's just ain't our night. And a lot of it, like most of the night, was like pretty hard hit balls and just right at people and this stuff and it's just mm-hmm. annoying if you have those games in baseball where you're like all right there's something mystical going on this just isn't our night oh it yeah felt like that, it felt like that game pretty early it was like right, it's just not gonna happen tonight. Mm-hmm. baseball is one of those sports where you can kind of like feel a loss before it actually happens i feel like in other sports like you, and even like the nba and the nfl like you can feel a comeback like potentially having baseball kind of like i just sense it's not our night tonight I feel yeah. I, I feel like it was kind of like just one of those series for the Red Sox where it just like things are just weren't going your way with like the rain and all those other things, the short porch, like all the all those things. It's just like it wasn't lining up for you perfectly, which which we as Yankee fans, again, we'll take we'll take. We have had our fair <laughs> yeah. share of just shitty, shitty yeah. series. of So I'll take any that freaking ground, but the uh, infield hit game, the Red Sox have it in Fenway. Yeah. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> that one was incredible. There's just so many infield hits. I forget how many, but that was wild. That that that, but that's like what I mean. Like shit, like that. It's just like I'll I'll take our one and a half wins where we can get it. That's why you play one. That's why you play one sixty two though, and that's why you play nineteen against division. Like imagine it was football and you played twice a year, and like that was how one of the games went. Like I would lose my shit. Yeah, I feel like that's why I fully got into football. Like I can't like fully commit to knowing like one game can happen in one bad quarter and like my team's eliminated. Yeah. Like being such a baseball nerd, like one game elimination just doesn't compute with my brain. Like I <laughs> yeah. can't, I can't, like I can't invest myself fully, fully into a team and be like, wow, it could end in one day. It's too final. It's too final. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about these upcoming series? I think you got, I mean, obviously you're playing well tonight, um, but I mean, how do you feel uh, kind of going up until the the Yankee series 
and like kind of going into that one, like how do you feel as like a Red Sox fan? Do you feel like the Rays are creeping up on you or do you feel pretty pretty secure right now? Like what are your thoughts? I've been like bizarrely comfortable with the Rays creeping up, up, up on us all year. Yeah. I like just don't – I kind of am confident we can beat them head-to-head. Yeah. So like I haven't – like I'm looking honestly more than where the Rays are at. I'm looking more at what the Blue Jays and the Yankees are doing. Because I think I just, I'm weirdly confident we can beat the race. So who, who's like who's like your number one fear? You like who who do you fear in the division? If I guess anyone at this point, like who who is like I guess it's I'm still, worried about this team. I guess it's still the race for the division. But like I mean, it's like I don't know. We haven't played them that much, and it seems like we play them pretty well every time. So I'm just not. I don't concern myself with them creeping up. Like it looks like right now they're losing like six nothing to the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, which is cool so it looks like after the whole boston media meltdown from yesterday when they were half game back we're just gonna go right back to a game and half up on them so that's yeah. fun but um yeah no i'm not i also like coming into this year like i thought we'd be good but i didn't think we'd be this good so like it's hard for me to actually like worry about anything to be honest like it's such like a house money season that like I feel like I don't have to be like oh man the rays are creeping up like anything's acceptable at this point I miss that feeling so much bro that was 2017 like it was almost at the point where it was like we lost that ALCS and I was just kind of like all right we'll be back and then here we are four years later we haven't even been back to a game seven so like I I miss that feeling coming into this season my main goal like my main thing I wanted was to be in first or second place on draft night. We picked fourth overall. Yeah. And that happened. And we were in first, and we got Marcelo, who was supposed to be the number one pick. And my season's pretty much good now. <laughs> like, whatever happens, happens. Like, get Duran experience, get other guys experience. The team's super fun to watch. But, like, just the direction the team is heading, I'm, like, stoked on. So in terms of the deadline approaching, like, do you want them to be buyers and like, like really go for it this year? Or are you just kind of be like, let's, let's, let's watch this team just be fun. You know, like, are, are you like being like, not nah, like, let's, let's, let's build, let's keep going. You know? Yeah. I'm torn because like a big, I want them. And I think they will go over the tax because pretty much right now they're on it. Like they're at the two, what is it? 220, whatever it is. They're right there on it like right under it. So I think they're going to go over it. I've been looking at Chris Bryant a lot. <laughs> and Bloom tried to trade for him last year, apparently, which is wild. Like they're actually pretty close to talking about it, to getting it done. So I'm looking at him. He seems to really like the Red Sox and the Red Sox like him. And we know that's a target that's been high for Heim. Where, so where, where would you put him? Where would you want him? First base, mostly. Right? Okay. Put yeah. Bobby Dahl back in the package. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't do Rizzo. Who who would you prefer, Rizzo or Brian? Brian. I've been arguing yeah. with a bunch of Red Sox fans about this because they've all been saying Rizzo. Rizzo is like the buzzword right now. What everybody's yeah. been saying, like we need Rizzo, Rizzo, Rizzo. But like my thing is, I don't want to trade or do anything that'll affect us negatively long term. Like I don't want to sell any prospects that aren't on the forty man are basically out of it. Any prospects that aren't gonna have to be rule five protected i don't want to trade like all that like keep the farm intact because that's still priority number one for me like build the farm up to be sustainable going into the future and don't like no like crazy prospects for max scherzer kind of stuff and just (laughs) nonsense like no huge moves basically like trade in a package of like bobby dahlbeck and like hudson potts and a couple other guys who are already on the 40 and we're going to have to protect until they're ready. I'm down with, but any of the Duran, who's not really like he's up now, but any, like when he wasn't any of the Duran, the Casas, the Jeter downs, the Gilberto Jimenez, any of the, any of the main top 30, basically, I wouldn't want to trade. Yeah. yeah. So if you can get a rental for easy, yeah. you know, for a, de- a decent price, you'll take it, yeah. but you're not, you're not will you're not willing to mortgage the future for this year. Just, yeah, yeah, and it would, even yeah. further than that too, it would have to be a rental who's go, we have interest in extending. Right. Okay. Dude, like that's why I'm more Bryant than Rizzo because Rizzo, like, I just don't see the interest extending him. We have Casas in the wings coming yeah. up soon. He's going to be a good first baseman. Like, I just don't see it. 
but Bryant plays all over and his stroke is pretty much built for Fenway, which is why Bloom has been so hot on him because pretty much everyone Bloom has brought in. If you look at their spray charts, it's nuts. Just everything is towards the monster. Like every person he brings in is just looking to kill the green monster. <laughs> and that's basically Chris Bryant, the way his swing is. Yeah, that's so huge. I'm looking at that. And if we were able to extend him, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But like even that, like if it was a guarantee Chris Bryant was only a rental, I'd probably be out on it. Mm-hmm. Like anything that's not benefiting the future, I don't want to do really. Even like trading prospects with someone with years of control still, if they were bigger prospects, then sure. Then if Bloom thinks it's beneficial for the future of the team and they're under control, then I'm down with it. So you're all in on in Bloom we trust. <laughs> yeah, too much, man. I've really never felt like this comfy with a GM before. It's weird. But like the so far, the only thing I've disagreed with him on in his tenure has been actually the Jaron Duran call-up. Really? My girlfriend's here now. I'm not. I'm just building a beetle. She has a beetle too. Oh my god, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. But um, what was I saying? Jaron Duran. Yeah. I didn't like the Duran call because it moved Arroyo to first, and Arroyo's not a first baseman, and he immediately got hurt. And I hate. Yeah, he that. tried to do that stretch. Yeah, the famous first yeah, baseman stretch. Not he didn't stand a chance. That was the only thing that I've been like, "What are we doing here?" Because like obviously Duran's made an impact too, and he's been great. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know why why do it if we have Kike who's playing Gold Glove caliber center field right now. We have Arroyo who's mashing at second and first base has kind of been a hole, but like, I just didn't get it. Like I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh crap, who's injured? Like when I saw they were calling him up, yeah. I was shocked. Like I was like, one of the outfielders just hurt. Cause you can't take the ABs away from Arroyo. And they said earlier in the season, they weren't going to call up Duran until he was going to be pretty much an everyday player. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And I guess they were more confident than I was that Arroyo could play first. I thought Arroyo could play first. I just didn't think he would injure himself in the first three innings of it. Well, I think <laughs> saying that he was, it was to build his value up. Um, I heard them saying that. And then, then again, it was the ESPN broadcast. So who the hell knows if they knew what they were talking about. But it, it, the off chance that they were going to move him for, um, you know, for someone at the deadline, they were saying, that, oh, if you put him at first base, it might increase his – no, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that was also Matt Vasquez and A-Rod talking about that. So I'm, I'm like, really? I guess I guess they'll do that. I don't know. That makes sense, logically. <laughs> Vasquez is so bad, dude. <laughs> that dude is just so bad. Like, some of the stuff, by the end of that broadcast, like, by the second inning of that broadcast, they were a Yankees podcast, like, talking about <laughs> deadline acquisitions. And all. It's so bad, dude. He's got a great voice, terrible takes. Horrible. I, I love hearing him talk. I don't like listening to him, if that makes yeah. sense. It, the stuff he says is like even gotten me off the voice train of it. Like he's just so bad. <laughs> like, I mean, what was it? Uh, who's what's his name? Gittens, the first baseman prospect you guys have. Mm-hmm. He caught that like foul ball pop up. And I, I tweeted at the time, I was like, that was the most routine foul pop up I've ever seen in my life. And that excursion was like, I swear, I thought he was gonna drop a Santa Maria on it. Like he yeah, was man. losing his shit. Like he was like, Oh, what up, like Chris Kids? And I was like, Am I watching the same game right now? And I feel like, like I have, like, compared him to Michael Strahan because they're both big guys and wear number 92 for a New York team. So there's that, which is I guess slightly better than him comparing Mike Ford to Babe Ruth last year on Sunday yeah. night. It's so funny because it's flipped for me because I used to like not like A-Rod and I was okay with Vaskirshen and now I'm like don't like A-Rod but Vaskirshen's just way cringier for me. Like I just can't stand the stuff that guy says. A-Rod knows baseball. I think he's the perfect studio guy like when he's on Fox yeah, with that yeah. with Poppy and, and Big Hurt because yeah, it's like short will. spurts of him and his knowledge. Once you put him in there for like three, four hours, he's almost like, oh, fuck. Like, I gotta like, I gotta talk. And it's just half the time makes no sense. A-Rod yeah. is not a conversation guy, Nick. You're exactly right. You gotta like be like, okay, A-Rod, you're gonna talk about this. You have two minutes. Have That's talk, it. Do yeah. not, do yeah. not stray from the script, A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that video of, um, I forget when it came out. I think it was 2018 when it came out. It was the video of 
him and Poppy, right? A-Rod and Poppy talking hitting and talking Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. Mm-hmm. That was one of, like, the best videos I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. it was awesome, like, as far as baseball content goes. Like, talking about how they would have dinner and Tiffany would make, like, A-Rod and Derek Jeter dinner and stuff, and they would all talk about how crazy the rivalry was. Mm-hmm. Like, that was absolute gold. Like, you need to give him a direction. Like, and <laughs> I think – it would call me crazy, but I think that direction should be like the baseball game happening in front of them. You would think. <laughs> like, you would like think. Call that game. Like, call the – it sounds simple, but, like, call the game. Call the game happening. Talk about the at-bats. Like, I, the last time – they just don't talk about what's happening pitch to pitch, and I feel like it's one of the reasons everyone thinks baseball is boring. Yeah. They don't talk – like, on national – everybody's watching it, Sunday Night Baseball – they don't break down like, oh, he might throw this here. He might go this here. This is the game within the game. Not even the game within the game, just the game. Like, yeah. they don't even talk about well, they the treat game. it like a radio show. Yeah, like they're yeah. on the yeah, FAN yeah, or exactly. I would love to hear. I agree. I would love every broadcast to have two analysts and the play-by-play guy that just, like, stays out of the way. Like you said it with Best version, he does it a lot. Michael K. I, I, I like Michael K., but I think he's kind of bad at this, too. Like, interjecting their own opinions. Like, no offense, like, just call the game and what's happening. I want to hear the players tell me like what their perspective is. Like every once in a while, Conan O'Neill will go back and forth with each, with each other, which I like. Like you know, the Mets broadcast pretty good at that w- yeah, with Darling and and, uh, and, and Keith. Like let the players give their perspective on what's happening. I don't need to hear some random ass guy's opinion on it. Well, it's like yeah. with Romo. You know what I mean? Like when people like people uh, t- think what you want about Tony Romo and like what he actually like sounds like. He's a little annoying when he goes. Eh for like two minutes but like he when he like calls a play before it happens and then it happens that's awesome you know what i mean like you understand so much more about like the game that you're watching when you actually let these people talk about baseball as opposed to just being like oh let's hear what they have to say about fergie for like two minutes like shut up (laughs) up. yeah i just i made myself mad for a minute (laughs) i mean it's honestly to me it's one of the reasons that a lot of kids don't like baseball and they can't get into baseball. It's like a big broadcaster problem, especially radio, which I mean, I guess doesn't matter because kids don't listen to the radio anyways. But like <laughs> when I'm at work, dude, and I have to listen to a Sox game on the radio, like that Red Sox radio booth is just so bad. And it's like all just all old heads, like barely calling the game. And they're just, it's awful. It's awful. And like you listen to some of the other teams, like lower market teams, booths for the tv and they have like a 75 year old dude doing it who's just as stale as can be just saying the same lines he's been saying for 60 years and it's like it's unbearable it's like why if you actually dive in and you're like build the suspense for what's happening every at bat like baseball becomes so much more exciting because people don't know what they're looking for at bat to at bat there's so much within like every single pitch like, if you just start thinking about, like, pitch sequencing, which is why I'm actually glad. I think John Boy actually convinced them to do it. Um, John Boy did, on yeah. On ESPN yeah. broadcast. Like, if you actually, like, go sequence, like, pitch to pitch to pitch, like, there is so much going on, which is, like, it is, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, it, just think about it for two minutes and, like, talk about it for a minute, which would, which would be awesome. But, yeah, I guess that's too much to ask yeah. from A-Rod. Oh, and it's wild and like there's but an a-rod's like a dude who loves baseball it's like why aren't you talking about the baseball that's happening yeah. literally that's, why that's the other thing too like i complain a lot about like manfred and like the the direction like some of these rules are going in but at the yeah. same time like these guys just shit on baseball so it's like how does that make people feel when you're turning into a broadcast and you just hear guys who used to play or broadcast and they're just shitting on baseball like i love john sterling but it's just always like He's just always ripping on analytics and how batting average doesn't matter. And it's like every other sport, I feel like the broadcasters, the players, they, they evolve as the game evolves. Like you don't hear like NBA yeah. broadcasts yeah. don't always rip on like, Oh, if this were the nineties, we could still handshake blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like that they're, they're calling the game as they see it. Like, I feel like baseball, it's always like, this isn't 1998 anymore. And it's like, honestly like good like we have so much young talent like it's exciting like we have a shit commissioner but other than that like the game is in such good hands and 95 percent of the broadcast you listen to you would have to believe the opposite yeah for sure yeah yeah um i avg i didn't want to ask you because i asked you this in our 
very first Zoom um, that, uh, that unfortunately got cut off by Zoom. But I was asking you about what you expected from, what's up? We have a thing at the top of the screen that says remaining meeting time. Eight minutes, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This, would be, this would be my last question because I'm, I'm very curious as to, it's similar to the deadline question, but I asked you what you expected from Chris Sale at the beginning of the season. And you pretty much said like, not too much. Like if he comes back, cool. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Now that yeah. you kind of are like, like you said, like you were wanted to be in first and second place at the draft, you're there. Chris Sale is kind of ahead of schedule. They said he's like looks really good. Like what what are you thinking about Chris Sale now? Because it is a whole different race, whole MLB wise. If Chris Sale is healthy and pitching for the Red Sox, it is a different game if he's there. What what are you thinking with yeah. him? He's gonna be Chris Sale. I really think that. And I mean, I think even in the worst of the worst, with his UCL hanging on by a hair in 2019. If you look at people talk about that year, man, and they talk about how he was bad. If you go look at that year, like go to fan graphs and look at that year, it's ridiculous. Like it was a great year. His ERA was inflated. He got pretty unlucky and he wasn't himself, but it was still an unbelievable season. Yeah. Yeah. I think if he's partial part of that, he's going to be a major contributor and just having a dude like that in your dugout and taking the bump every fifth day, it's just going to be a huge deal. Like he was also really- throwing like 90 in that season. Like if he yeah. can get, if he can get his fastball back up and that's why I was so like anti-sale. I'm like, he's never going to be the yeah. same pitcher again. But like, now that I kind of see him like coming back, I, I thought that's like who he was what? because he was just like, were, like overworked at some point. Um, but it kind of seems like he's getting back yeah. to his old self getting up. Maybe if he's like 93, 94 consistently, he'll be a good, like you said, he'll be Chris Sale again, which is exciting to watch, annoying oh, yeah. for Yankees yeah. fan, but it's good for baseball. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't need 100. He doesn't need that 99 <laughs> stuff that he throws. Like, it's just – he's going to learn how to more do a little pitching for sure, which is never really a concern of mine because he has the pitching already. Like, the break he gets is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's not necess- – he was never necessarily a full, like, power pitcher. So there's yeah. not really that like transition, I don't think as much to like go to a, I had to try to think of some like a CC Sabathia where you like okay. really have to rebuild yourself or somebody like that. Like, I don't think that's really in the cards, but like the other thing that people seem to forget about him is that he's 32 years old Yeah, really like, not old for sale. Like people act like for real act, like he's like 36, 35 and he is just not old. Like he I think he's going to have to lean on his, He's going to have to lean on his changeup a little bit more um, than I think he did in the past. Yeah. But, I mean, he has a good changeup, so it really doesn't matter. Like, he'll, he'll be able to adjust. It's just him getting, you know, they're, it's going to be field pitches now. The changeup and the slider kind of feel, especially his with so much movement. So, what, once he gets, like, comfortable again and, you know, back to his old self, I'd, it's going to be scary. So, I, I was curious to see what you thought about that because I now that okay, I can watch progress, like, it's, it, he's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, more than anything, I'm excited. I mean, just watching it and, like, I don't even think too much about, like, oh, what's it going to impact for the season, all this stuff. Just seeing that dude pitch. And I think his next rehab start is in double A. So I think that one will actually have, like, a broadcast of some sort you can watch. I'm not sure, though. But um, the first one was uh, Florida Gulf Coast League, so they had nothing. Like, absolutely (laughs) nothing to watch except for, like, reporters that were up in the stands with iPhones. Yeah. But uh, it's crazy, man. It's so cool seeing him back and like doing stuff. And just, I remember like the video or the photo, I think it was during the winter. Yeah. Of him throwing like in the snow at Fenway. Like just throwing balls is crazy. Like that dude is just nuts. Like he's just a crazy person. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see him back too. He's one of the guys that gives the rivalry some juice. I mean, even, I don't think I like yeah. no disrespect to your guys rotation. None of those guys where I see like as good as Evaldi is as much. As he has our number. I, I don't get up for the Yankees facing Evaldi the same way I did for when they face sale. Like it's just oh, a different yeah. animal. You're yeah. talking about a guy who's been one of the top five starting pitchers in the league for a good part of the last decade. So, I mean, yeah. obviously a scary concept that he's coming back at the same time. Uh, you know, good to see that he is going to be healthy again. Hopefully we get back Severino and he can give us some, you know, sort of similar yeah. boost as well. So, uh, I mean, mm. we'll, we'll see. But uh, it's crazy. We were talking the other day, uh, me and HVT, we were saying, like, it feels like forever ago that we saw these guys pitch because I feel like COVID just added, yeah. like, 
five years of a gap. Like the fact that I haven't seen, yeah. I haven't seen both yeah. these guys pitch since late 2019. Like that might as well have been five years ago, not two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like I haven't seen Chris Sale pitch in a decade. It feels Forever. like. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I see some freaking Red Sox fans, like obviously the casual ones and stuff, but like they'll say on like a thread when the, Red Sox tweet something about her Instagram about something. He'll be like, Chris, is still on this team. We still have, it's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely still on this team. And it's wild. I mean, one of my favorite things about this season too, just for the Sox so far has been that all of the contracts that people were saying were bad all of last year, like just aren't bad. Like the Red Sox literally don't have a bad contract right now. Like they're in a good time. Yeah, they were saying of all these bad contracts, it's not true. It's an all-star. Sale is 32 years old, and his contract is ridiculously team-friendly. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, he, he has, like – I didn't even know this when they first did it, but I was looking on Spotrack or Spotrack, whatever it is. Uh, the Red Sox contracts situation, not as bad as people are making it out to be. No, no. I mean, I, people were freaking out even about JD's contract, which is nuts. But uh, Chris he, he was five, one ten, right? Yes, I think. What is what it wound up being? I'm gonna check. Is my video still on? Yeah, you're good. I don't. I don't know how it works if I leave the browser on this. I'm not super tech savvy. <laughs> I'm only tech savvy in Zoom shutting off. That's the only thing I know. About. Yes. <laughs> Kill it. I also just I noticed that. I was in my girlfriend's Zoom account on her computer. So I was very worried that my name on this just said Rachel Martin for that whole first thing. But it I think you're so good. Like, I think it said Henry Von Thaden. Yeah. I was like, shit. <laughs> that Rachel Martin the whole time. But um, 2021 payroll. JD is 19 milli this year. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's not bad. I mean, Nick, what are we wow. paying Chapman? Seven, 16 and a half, 17? Dude, Chapman and Britton are the worst. And people, people get mad. Stanton's only a 22 mil hit. So, like, if he stays healthy, that's really not that bad. Paying over 30 million for two relievers is bad, even if they're elite. And they've both been pretty terrible. Except Chapman had, obviously, yeah. two good months. But, like, that's horrible. Yeah, I had a pretty unpopular take at the time where I thought the Yankees were definitely not going to pick up Britain's option. It just felt I didn't think so either. I didn't know. I kept saying, like, I because I kind of wanted him on the stock. So I was like, I don't think they're going to pick up Britain. And I like him a lot. So I wasn't sure. But um, I said that a couple of times and people were like, you kidding me, dude? No, there's no way they're not picking up that option. But that was just weird. Like, I mean, if they were actually that convinced to stay under the tax why are you picking up a 13 million dollar option on a relief pitcher if you're gonna stay under the tax mm-hmm. relief pitchers are so weird to me because i feel like i value them so much and then when i see them sign for anything above like 10 million dollars i'm like that's not worth it so like i i'm, I'm always torn between like a relief like being like you just got to get your guy like i don't consider the liam Hendricks contract terrible you know like and he's he's I think paid more than Chapman right now I think he's got like the 18 range um like as of right now I don't consider that bad but I'm sure next year when the when he's probably digresses in some way I'm gonna be like this is bad you know so like I I get so torn year to year with those reliever contracts I never know how to like put together an opinion for them yeah no it's weird and especially because it seems like so much of the time it's like when you take a reliever out of his element they just completely fall apart yeah, it's so weird. Like in a trade, or if you sign them to a different place, it's such a like volatile market mm-hmm. for success. Mm-hmm. I feel like like you see guys like um, Emilio Pagan. They traded him to the Padres from the Rays, and he was like one of the best closers in baseball. And I think nineteen, and they traded him to the Rays and or to the Padres, and he was just terrible that first year. Or it's like, just or like so it. weird. Or like Trianon going from the A's to the Dodgers being terrible. One of the best relief pitchers in baseball yeah. history that one year. He had like a .47. The next year, he's terrible. He goes to the Dodgers. He's back yeah. to being good again. And it's yeah. like, yeah. and he just That's missed his weird. time to get paid right in the middle yeah. of it, yeah. you know? I mean, you look at like even like Dave Dombrowski with the Red Sox and some of his the bet trades that were actually bad for him were um, Tyler Thornburg and what's his name? Like Carson Smith or something, I think. 
who were two at the time, like elite all-star relievers. And they were just terrible here. Like yeah. just awful. And it's just so weird. Like sometimes with these relievers, you like pick them up and you put them in a different city and they're just off. <laughs> and it makes no sense at all. I mean, how about our boy Adovino? We signed him. He was he was great. And then he yeah. just got broken by the Yankees refusing to use him, you know, in any situation other than against righties. They just refused to trust him. And I think it just messed with his confidence completely. Yeah, I think he's a very, like, heady guy, too. Like, obviously getting to know him more, like, watching every game of his now and, like, seeing the post games and everything, it seems like he's just I – mean, he's a weird dude. Like, he is weird. <laughs> I think <laughs> most relievers are to a degree. I think it's oh, yeah, probably, exactly. like – because think about it. If you're yeah. – a lot of baseball players are mental in so many ways. I know, obviously, starting pitchers have their quirks and stuff. But, like, if you're starting, you know it's your day. Like, if you're an everyday player, you know your name's going to be on that lineup card. It's every your day, day to be a reliever. Like, yeah. you like you're a reliever. You don't know when your number is going to be up. I've never it's thought crazy. about that before. I've never thought yeah. about that way before. Relievers have to be a freak every single day. And exactly. starters have to be a freak on their start day. Yep. Love that. You're 62 games here, you just got to be a fucking Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I guess that's yeah. you know, successful major league pitcher is to just be a freak. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the general theme of this episode. And what we learned is that if you want to be in the MLB, you just got to be a freak. Freak. Yeah. <laughs> the top. Um, Ottavino is the sixth highest paid player on the Red Sox right now. At what what is what is Xander's contract? He he because he just got an extension, right? Uh no, he got it in uh 19, really early. Oh, okay. He has an opt-out that is weird. It's after this next year. Xander's literally 20 million dollars, which is insane. Like yeah. he's way underpaid. For way underpaid. Stop, yeah, that's that's free. Yeah, ridiculously, ridiculously underpaid. He's our highest paid per year player right now at 20 mil. And um, so he has an opt out after next season, which he'll most likely use if we don't have a new extension in place, which I think they will. But the hard part for him is like a lot of people obviously are like, oh, sign Xander, give him a blank check, whatever. But like, you can't really do that because you can't end up where he is at that opt out. You can't end up paying him as they top five shortstop if in two years he's going to be a second baseman like the right. values for yeah. those positions are just so different and so Watch. glaringly different like you can't end up locked up with a top three shortstop contract at second base or at dh like right. it just well, doesn't work like that i think that's a lot of what yankee fans when in their scenarios, they're like, oh, well, Voigt, just get rid of Voight and move DJ to first base. You're losing yes. so much of his value, A, because defensively, like, yeah, he's a solid defensive first baseman, but that's not his natural position. He's a gold glover at second. So no. you're, you're losing out on the defensive end, yes. even if you are bringing in a shortstop and sliding Glaber over. So that's one. And two, offensively, he's having a down year this year. But normally his numbers, if he produces even a little bit better, they're good for yeah. second base. They're borderline all-star level for second base, mm -hmm. even if he's only putting up a 110, 115 weight runs created. You slide it over to yeah. first base, he's massively underperforming what you need. Like, you'll put up with a butcher yeah. like Luke Voigt at first base because he's going to hit you 35, 40 bombs in a healthy season. <laughs> That's what you need. Like So, like, moving DJ to first, to me, I, I think just almost creates more problems than it solves. Oh, yeah, yeah. I almost think, I'm not like fully, but I like half think about it, like um, position to position, like a little bit like slot value in the draft, mm -hmm. like contract wise. Like if you, if you're paying a guy 20 or 30, like let's say we paid Xander like 32 million, something crazy, like blank check him, give it to him, paid Xander like 30 mil a year. And then the next year, he loses a step in the field and he's a second baseman. So now like that affects being overpaid at one position affects what you can spend on all the other positions. Mm -hmm. That's why yeah. the elite, that's why the elite shortstops make such good money. Cause it's an elite position. Bro, like you that... need your elite positions to be the best value on the money to maximize what you have all around the diamond.
Bro, that is the number one problem, I think, with the Yankees roster construction. We just talked about how they have 30 million plus allocated to two relievers. They have 22 million, which if Stan could play the field, that'd be fine. But to a DH, like it's as if you're paying, you're, you're an NFL team and you're paying all your money to a running back. Like it just doesn't make sense. And then yeah, people, yeah, will, people yeah. will complain about the coal contract and be like, oh, that's whatever. That's 20% of our payroll. Well, that's where you should be allocating your big money contracts to a starting pitcher that you're not going to complain that you're paying Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, a bunch of money. Like you need elite no. starting pitching the same way you need quarterbacks. Like that's who you pay. Yeah. Like you, you do the sale deal 10 times out of 10. You do the Evaldi deal 10 times out of 10. Those are guys that could start game one, game two of a playoff series for you. That's who you pay. You don't pay yeah. the reliever 17 million <laughs> or the DH 25 million. So like, it's just, it's that's a, it, and people don't yeah. grasp that. Yeah, it's money allocation in the wrong places for the Yankees right now. And now, unfortunately, that also trickles into the years coming because you look at the years down the road and the money that's already on the books at positions that aren't the prime positions. And you start to realize, like, wow, it's going to be hard for this team to spend appropriately with this money already on the books. Like, I think it's like, let me see. I'll check right now for, we'll say 2024. I'm hoping this CBA is just wildly <laughs> different. It's just somehow. Yeah, it's almost, it's, it's almost like what you start to mil. Yeah. So the Red Sox in 2024 right now have two contracts on the books. Two. Total contracts on the books. That's not arbitration, guys. That's just like actual money on the books that you have to be paying because arbitration you can duck out of. Mm-hmm. But um, so Xander makes 20 mil and Chris Sale makes 17 adjusted salary in that year. And Xander will be at more than that because he'll probably be extended. So really it's only one contract on the books and that's Sale at 17. And then you look at- Which isn't bad at all. <laughs> no, no. that's that's wide open like you can spend yeah. your money any way you want yeah you look at the yankees in 2024 and it's scary right. dude. But they, they are have... gonna have five you got dj stanton cole cole will be probably 34 by then which is fine and garrett cole again i'll say the same thing i said before you're paying him for the first five years of this contract which is another reason why i think when people are like Oh, just blow it up. We have X, Y, Z coming up. Yeah. Well, we have these guys coming up and we're going to be paying Stanton when he's 35. I think we attach a prospect to Hicks and get rid of his 10 million. Um, But you're going to be paying probably Cole, Cole, DJ and Stanton on the back ends of their deals where they're going to regress. Plus I likely Aaron judge, I would think who knows what Glaber ends up. So it's just like, for me, it's like, while some of these guys are still cheap and while they're in their primes, you have to go, go for in. it, but at the same time, not yeah. go all in on 2021 because I don't think that makes sense. Like if I'm them, I'm looking to maybe yeah. go for a rental or two this year where you're not giving up your Medina, your yeah. Volpe, yeah, like yeah. any any of the prime guys that can help you in you know hopefully the short term. Uh, but at the same time, I you know I, I would like to acquire some controllable guys. Like Ketel Marte, if he were somehow available, that's yeah. a trade I yeah. make. I'll give guys because you have three more years of control past this year for him joey gallo he's like the buzzword the same way you said about rizzo and i'm not against him i think he would rake at the stadium i know he's not the best fit in terms of his his strikeouts but my main concern with him he's got a year and a half of control he's going to be a free agent one year later at the same exact time as aaron judge i don't think that makes a ton of sense for our timeline so uh, that's my that's my gripe with him so i mean we'll see Uh, that's why I think Starling Marte is my guy right now. I think I think you could probably get him for maybe one one decent prospect. I think it could make a lot of sense. Maybe if you you Starling like it, you Marte and resign him. The Marlins one, right? Marlins, yeah, yeah Marlins. <laughs> yeah. Starling. I'm so bad with that. Like, Patel is the Patel is the backs. I yeah. literally, I like know the differences of them when I see their faces, but every time I just hear the names, I second guess and I'm like, which one is it? Right. But yeah, the Yankees are. Four guys, like you said, on the books in 2024, 36 mil Cole, 32 mil Stanton, 15 mil DJ, 9.7 Hicks. And that's – so that's 2024. There's already 92 mil 785,000 on the books. Is 36 Stanton's cap hit, though? 
I think his cap hit stays. I could be wrong. It stay, either stays at 22 or it might jump up to like 25. Yeah. Or no, that's just his adjusted salary. His, his luxury okay. tax hit is 22. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. That's the number we're, we're looking at then. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys have anything else, but I think that we've covered every inch of the Red Sox and Yankees up until 2024. I don't know how we got Yeah, HVG, thanks a ton for uh, coming on. Obviously, we really appreciate it. And um, we got a big series coming up in a couple of days now at this point. So, um, yeah. luck to the Sox, but also fuck them, you know, for the time being. <laughs> series yeah. predictions. What do you guys got? What do you guys got? Sweep. Yankee sweep them. Oh. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know but i'm gonna go with this uh, i don't know i'm excited dude because i kind of like i was being a weirdo and i like half like in the back of my head was like okay with the yankees winning this last series because i wanted some juice to come back <laughs> yeah, i mean it, when you uh, win the it, first seven you could root for that yeah exactly dude that's where i was and my, my boss at work it was mad funny i came in today and he was like you freaking jinxed the socks and i was like hmm. nah dude i got what i wanted but, <laughs> yeah, we got, we got some juice plan, baby <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be fun. It'll be a fun series. I mean, I think we'll face Cole again, right? Yeah, you'll see probably Cole Tyone. We really only have four starters right now. I maybe Cortez comes off the COVID list by Domingo evaporated into the bullpen somehow. I don't understand what happened. There. I don't know. Herman sucks, he literally missed. He missed the start because of a root canal, and all of a sudden he's a bullpen yeah. arm. I don't Probably. know what happened there. He's an absolute head case. Luckily, Tyone's throwing the ball well, and maybe we'll get a run yeah, from Jordan Montgomery. Start. Five straight starts with that one run of support, which is absolutely. Maybe we'll have other people on our teams by this weekend too. Is that impossible? That's a thought too. That that could be Maybe more juice, man. Johnny Lasagna will be back. That's a fact. So that's good. Johnny Lasagna. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm going Yankees split. It looks like they're going to take three out of four, and Chapman blows the save on uh, on Sunday. That's my <laughs> official prediction. I'm going Red Sox series win, three out of four. Okay. Sure. I, I think I think realistically speaking, I think the split is the safest pick. But I'm I'm going all tunnel vision, baby. I'm going for this Yankee sweep right here. Although the chances of it happening about two percent. Tunnel vision, baby, to the playoffs. I mean, it's not like there's no in the Yankee season. There's no like we won a big series. We can relax a little. The relax is gone. Like it's oh yeah, there's, it's, it's crazy. Like oh, yeah. it's got to be it's beyond urgent. Yeah, yeah, it's well, a big hole. It's big. Oh, it's, it's a huge problem. It is a massive issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. We, we really appreciate yeah, it. It's, um, it's going to be an exciting, it's going to be an exciting series for sure. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, man. We'll talk to you. Later.